everyone. You're listening to the Artist Chronicles podcast from the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM, and this is episode six. Each week, we'll highlight an artist. It could be a visual artist, a dancer, an actor or actress, or even a singer. But we aren't going to tell you their name. Throughout the podcast, it's your job to listen and try to figure out who we're talking about. I'm your host, Antoinette, also known as Tony, and I'm excited to be with you today. So are you ready? Then let's go. Our story begins in 1901. On a cold, early December night, a little baby boy was born in Chicago, Illinois. He had three older brothers, and when he was two years old, a little baby girl joined the family. When the little boy was very young, his father decided to move the family to a farm in Marceline, Missouri. The little boy was very happy on the farm. He spent his time running around and letting his imagination go wild and befriending the animals on the farm. He also began to develop a love of visual arts and begins to draw, paint, and even sell pictures to neighbors and friends of the family. Unfortunately, the farm failed a few years later. The little boy was devastated, but as he had always done, he looked for the bright side of the situation. The family moved to Kansas City, Missouri, and the young boy helped his father deliver newspapers. He also got a job on the railroad where he sold snacks and newspapers to the travelers. When he could, he would fit in an art lesson, but it wasn't nearly as often as he would have liked. Another few years passed, and in 1917, the family moved again, this time back to Chicago. The little boy had grown into a young man and enrolled as a student in McKinley High School. His favorite classes there were drawing and photography because he felt that then he was really able to express himself. His cartoons for the school newspaper were well received, and he decided that being a newspaper cartoonist was what he wanted to do with his life. He enrolled in evening classes at Chicago Academy of Fine Arts to help accomplish that goal. The very next year, the young man decided to drop out of school to fight in World War I, but being as he was still under 18, he was unable to join the army. That did not sit well with him. He loved his country and wanted to defend freedom. So he lied to the Red Cross about his age and was accepted. The Red Cross had him drive an ambulance in France for a year as the war was coming to a close. In 1919, the young man returned to the United States and moved back to Kansas City. He wanted to get back into creating cartoons for the local newspapers, so he applied at both Kansas City Star and Kansas City Journal. Both newspapers turned him down, telling him that he wasn't creative enough. Eventually, he was hired to be an apprentice at the Pessman Rubin Commercial Arts Studio for $50 a month. It was here that he met and became friends with an artist named Ub. Both men were thankful to have jobs, but neither were happy. So after about a year, they decided to go into business together. Their company failed just after one month. Undeterred, they applied for jobs at the Kansas City Film Ad Company. They were what the executives at the ad company called a dream team. Up was a gifted artist who was fast and flexible, while his friend was a creative visionary with a keen talent for sales. 
A couple years later, the young man made the difficult decision to leave behind his friend and move to Hollywood to become a director. His older brother went with him, and together they established a studio and produced a new series called The Alice Comedies. This was one of the first instances where live-action actors interacted with animated characters. With this win, the young men began to hire animators, including Ub. But the young visionary began to step back from the animating so that he could begin to focus more on story development and direction. In 1924, two new ladies were hired as ink and paint girls. The young man became quite smitten with the young woman named Lily and would drive her home at the end of the day. Soon, Lily was promoted to the role of the young man's personal secretary. In a later interview, she shared, I made too many mistakes when he was dictating. He always said I was so bad that he had to marry me. And the very next year, they did just that. Before too long, the young man began to feel bored with Alice series. He finished his obligation for them and moved on to create Oswald the Rabbit. These cartoons were extremely popular and made the new film distributor Charles realize that he was sitting on a gold mine. He began to plan a scheme to lure away employees from the studio with the promise of more money and more artistic freedom. Ub tried to warn his friend of the plans going on, but his friend refused to believe that Charles was up to no good. When the young studio executives traveled to New York City, Charles made his move and walked away with most of the company's employees and creative control over Oswald. The young man was shocked and heartbroken, but there was nothing he could do. He abandoned Oswald to Charles and looked to the future. As his train passed through Kansas City, the young man reminisced about a mouse he had once caught, tamed, and kept as a pet years before. By the time he returned to Hollywood, his brain was in overdrive with new ideas for a new animated series. His new idea was an even bigger sensation than Oswald the Rabbit had been. While this character's popularity grew and grew, the young man and his brother did not let it go to their heads. They paid attention to the newest and best technology available at the time, incorporating it into their films. The Brothers Studio develops a new sophisticated way of animating films that allows several levels of cells and backgrounds, giving depth to its films, and was used in the very first length animated feature film. It's pretty impossible to talk about the rest of this man's accomplishment without giving away his identity. Do you have any guesses? It's Walt Disney. And this is just the tip of the iceberg for Mr. Disney. Over his lifetime, he helped to create numerous new technologies in relation to animation and was the brains behind 81 feature films. Can you imagine a world without Walt Disney? This has been a production by the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. Teachers, for additional lessons and downloads that correspond to this lesson, please check out more information at artsintegration.com forward slash accelerator.